beautiful honey, we are going to talk about money. So this is an episode that should apply to everyone, every human being, every individual in the history of this world has been impacted by money in some way, shape or form, directly or indirectly. And what money really is, it's a medium of exchange. It is a social construct between individuals to exchange, exchange value. And because I don't believe money is going anywhere anytime soon, um, and I do thoroughly believe that money up to a certain point is going to have some correlation to happiness. There are statistical studies that beyond a certain point it doesn't. But I think if we are not meeting our basic needs with, with money, we are definitely um, going to have a greater propensity to struggle um, and again, this is not a one size fits all rule, but we're going to, we're going to continue this episode with the preordained concept that we need a certain amount of money in our lives. With that being said, my introduction to money, I'd say came at about the age of six, my addiction, really. My dad used to drive me to Montessori school on Waverly Street, the year was 1994, in his blue 911 Porsche convertible. Um, and we would listen to the song, If I Had a Million Dollars, by the Bare Naked Ladies. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you uh, whatever the hell it was. But nice, reliable automobile. Anyways, great song. You should listen to it, Bare Naked Ladies. But that really formed, I'd say, my addiction to money. Um, from the time I was about 9 or 10 years old, I started trying to find ways to make money, creative ways, uh, selling things door to door. I think I got my first job when I was 12 years old. I started buying stocks when I was 13 years old. I was just addicted to money. I used to import clothing from China. I would do whatever I could to make a buck. And, and I would fucking lose it on you if you fucked with my money. Uh, I, I would, it was the most important thing. More than friends, more than family. My whole construct was wrapped in it. And I was very confused. Now, how did a little boy become so confused about money? Well, you see, prior to about 1996, my family had what I deemed to be a reasonable amount of money. You know, Porsches in the driveway, beautiful homes, vacations, cabins. And then one day it was all gone. My parents got divorced and both of them went bankrupt and we started back at negative zero, you know, cash in the freezer, clothing from Salvation Army, little one bedroom apartment in Osborne Village. And, you know, my dad slowly but surely worked his way back up. And uh, there's that beautiful sentiment in the comeback story. But it really scared me, I think, subconsciously of, man, I never want to be in that situation. So I'm going to make money and hoard money and, and keep money and when you don't understand the laws of money, it ends up escaping you and it ends up taking you over. So I am here today to talk to you about the laws of money, some of the laws of finance. I did study finance in university, but these are the spiritual laws of money that I think will help you in your journey. My relationship with money today has become much more beautiful. It is a reciprocating relationship based on love, based on money as an energy, based on this idea of worth and manifestation. But rule number one with money is everything in this universe is in motion and your money must be in motion. 
You can't hoard your money. You can't stagnate your money. Now, I'm not saying that means go buy everything in sight or give all your money away, relinquish all your possessions. I've had different thoughts about that during my spiritual journey. But it means put your money in motion. Just like the ocean, money is always moving. So, you know, whether that means donating some of your money, that means investing some of your money, that means putting your money to work for you, Get your money into motion. One of the worst places that you can keep large sums of money is in a bank account or under a mattress because money will deflate. If it remains stagnant, it will actually be worth less and eventually be worthless. Worth less will lead to the money being worthless. So number one, keep your money in motion. Number two is understand that you are worthy of making very large sums of money. And despite what anybody has told you, including the limiting beliefs of your ancestors, grandparents, parents who have had these false paradigms about money. Oh, money is the root of all evil. Money just is. And then comma, you can add your story to what it is to you. But I will tell you right now that you can define your own money paradigm. And the first one is that you are worthy of receiving large amounts of money for putting value into this world and letting that money come to you. What I find with so many people is they undercharge because they don't see value in what they do. They don't understand the concept of money energy. Money is just that, it's an energy. And certain people are better at drawing that energy into them. So again, number two is understand that you deserve to attract large sums of money into your life. Number three, there is a correlation between money and happiness, but only up to a certain point. There are certain needs. I think Maslow talked about them in his hierarchy of needs, but there are certain needs that human beings require to survive and potentially thrive in this world. And I'm going to use an amount of money that I have kind of heard about prior, um, which is somewhere in the range of seventy dollars to $80,000 that after that, There is not a huge direct correlation between money and happiness. Now, don't get me wrong here. There are certain thresholds where absolutely you're if you're going to want certain um, luxuries in life, you're going to need to make technically more money. But what I want to speak about is that if you're trying to correlate your self-worth or your happiness to making 500,000, a million, 10 million, 20 million a year, but you're still empty inside, then no amount of money beyond a certain point will fix that. So that's the fallacy. That's the loss leader of money. You want to cover off your bases. You want to be able to afford good groceries. You want to be able to put a little something away for your kid's college fund, maybe go on a vacation. But beyond that, if internally we are not happy, Money beyond a certain point is not going to fix that problem. So being aware of that is key. And understanding that if we just chase external accolades and we just chase money and material possessions, that we don't take any of that with us anyways. So it's a bit of a loser's game. And there's people that are going to listen to this and say, you know what, John, fuck off. Like, honestly, like I want to make so much money. I love, I want to buy nice cars. I want to get a Ferrari. I want to do all this. Unbelievable. You know, I, I know people in my circle that are making 25 grand a year. I know people that are making $20 million a year. I feel I have a pretty good understanding of money. I have an understanding of how money gets deducted and subtracted and used and manipulated and deflated and invested and how we can grow it, show it, all these things. 
I've had the opportunity to make what I deem to be, uh, you know, good sums of money in my life. And from personal experience, I can tell you that after getting the fancy house with the nice paintings and the cars and the watches and different things, it just wasn't, there wasn't a correlation. There just was not a correlation beyond a certain point of the way that I felt and having more money. In fact, I started to almost want to push money away because I thought that money was actually making me unhappy. So it almost starts to play a bit of a trick on you. So what's the key to all this? What is the tangible takeaway? Number one, like I said, keep your money in motion. Keep your money circulating and moving. Bit of a safety nest in the savings account, sure, but let's keep that money in motion. Let's keep that money moving because as money moves, we create energy and we actually have the opportunity to call more money into our life and serve more causes, people, um, opportunities by virtue of that money. Number two is to know our worth and to know that we are worth and that our worth enables us to attract large amounts of money into our life. And that's very, very important to know. And number three, that beyond a certain point, that money is not going to provide additional happiness in your life. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out there and try and make big money. Like I truly believe if we're talking tangible figures and I've, and I've done math, okay? I truly believe in my honest opinion that to live a life where you can buy a house, go on a few vacations a year, uh, save up, put some money in the stock market, you know, buy yourself some nice clothes, etc. You're going to want to try and seek money coming in on an annual basis somewhere between about $125,000 and $160,000 a year in the high taxation nation of Canada. Now, if you can go out and make more than that, fantastic, unbelievable, beautiful. But I'll be honest, in today's day and age now, when you look at making a hundred grand a year, and this isn't to throw shade on anybody making less, you're unbelievable. I love you. And your life is perfect as it is. I'm just talking about how shit's getting a lot more expensive, groceries, trips, vacations, etc. And I want people to be able to put money away to invest in different things. And again, I'm not an investment advisor, but I do know the power of compounding. If you look at how the wealthy get wealthier, a huge percentage of the money they make goes into investable assets and securities that continue to grow at a variable percentage, albeit positive, over time and it compounds and what's beautiful is that the equity that a lot of the rich earn it compounds in a tax-free nature because the one place that the governments can't tax right now is they can't tax unearned equity so if you buy a financial instrument or asset for a hundred thousand dollars and that asset's now worth eight hundred thousand dollars 30 years later that seven hundred thousand dollar gain isn't taxed until such time that you dispose of it sell it or die and there's a deemed disposition now we're not going to get into the intricacies of finance because we could talk about that all day long but what we are going to do is understand that when we make a certain amount of money and all the money we make is simply going to living and we're not able to invest any of the money, then we have to continue to earn money forever. If I'm talking to the greatest version of you, there's probably a part of you at some point in your life that may want to stop feeling like it has to go work to make money. So what if your money can start to provide a lifestyle for you? And again, that's the beautiful thing about being able to earn a little bit more to be able to invest that residual money in assets that will grow over time.
So again, this episode on money is really about, well, it's also really about understanding that if you can live a heart-centered life while making quote-unquote good money and whatever good money is to you, I mean, draw out a budget. What are the things that you want in life? Because you may want to go on two luxurious trips a year. And if each trip costs $15,000 and you're like, hey, you know what, I need 30 extra thousand bucks. Well, no, you actually need an extra 52,000 because CRA is going to want about 20 to 22 of that. And then that will leave 30 for you to go on your vacation. So again, everything's costing more these days too. It's tough for me to put exact numbers on things, but we can definitely have more discussions. And if there's good feedback on this episode, we'll get into money more. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will. Because actually when we have money and we have savings, like my spiritual journey, if I'm being honest, it has been hugely impacted by the fact that I've quote unquote saved money and I've had investable assets that have given me the peace of mind that, hey, you know what, if I don't make any new money in the next six to 12 months, I'm still going to be okay. It doesn't mean I don't want to make money. No, I do. But it took a pressure off and allowed me to fully immerse myself in experiences knowing that I would be okay. So again, I want to help other people have that feeling because when you are trying to live a spiritual life or you're trying to really grow as an individual, it's nice to take off the pressure of knowing that, hey, I've got uh, rent and groceries and gym memberships and Netflix subscriptions and, you know, auto deposits for my stock portfolio and other things that are automatically happening And I can focus my attention on growing myself, which is my top priority right now. Sending you love, light. I'm not sending you money, unfortunately. You're going to have to earn that on your own. But if you have questions or, you know, you're you're intimidated about money, we'll definitely talk about it more. We'll have more episodes and we'll continue to grow and diminish the limiting beliefs. My friends, you are sweet as honey and you deserve all the money. Have a great night. Appreciate you tuning in or a great day whenever this gets released. Sending you love, sending you light, sending you prosperity and abundance. You are the most worthy individual. I love you.